As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Cradio. Eternal Truths in Writing Fantasy. An interview with David Lawrence. So I'm joined today by David Lawrence. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Luke. Now, we've had you here uh, on Credit before for a book uh, called Home Run. Um, now, you're back again with another book. Um, can you tell me a little bit about it? Yep, I'd love to. This is a fantasy trilogy, and I released it on, on Amazon earlier this year, which makes me an, an indie author. I've just, I've just discovered that's, a, that's what I am now. And it's um it's completely different. It's not um it's not a Christian book in any way. Um, it's a uh, what what would be considered a an epic fantasy or a classic fantasy. So it's swords and sorcery, dungeons and dragons, and it's this um this great battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil, which which provides the backdrop to it all. You mentioned that it's not that it's not a Christian uh, piece of literature. Do you find though, obviously? You know, it's not as though we all sort of just step out of our, our faith lives and go and it obviously encompasses, you know, all parts of our life. Do you find in any way that, that your faith has influenced, maybe not necessarily just this book individually, but, but your writing in general? Uh, yeah, definitely has. Yep. And, and you're right. I don't think it's, you, you can distance yourself from who you are with what you write. Um, I suppose for two, two big heroes that I have are Tolkien and Lewis, and they've, they've both sort of written fantasy books, you know, the Narnia series and Lord of the Rings. And you can just see, and I suppose in some ways I've tried to sort of emulate uh, this, this, this sense of, emulate being the operative word, where I'm successful or not, I suppose readers will tell, but just that, just great writers that, that tell great stories um, that encompass sort of eternal truths um, that, that they see and experience just in, in, general, in general life, which means that readers can really... Um, latch onto the characters and identify with characters because they, the characters uh, sort of embody truth and truth, whether it's in fantasy or in real life, we can resonate with. And so that's what I've, I've hoped that, that I've got with my, my, my characters and my story. And, um, and, I, and there's, there's lots of, I suppose, references, uh, historical and, and philosophical and even Theological references, for example, there's a, I've got a, uh, one of the queens in the character, Queen Zenobia. Uh, there was a, actually a Queen Zenobia who uh, uh, led a rebellion against the Romans against the, in the Roman Empire. So uh, that's where I got the name Zenobia. And this Zenobia is a noble uh, warrior queen. And her, um, her insignia and Catholics will, will recognize this, is a, um, um, it's a maiden, and it's, uh, she's clothed with the sun, and she's standing on the moon, and she's got a crown of purple stars on her head. So the, and, you know, there's a, there's a character called Moses, and there's, there's a number of little di- different references, little, little references, whether linguistic or geographical, that, that I hope to sort of um, just build a sense of a bridge between our world and and my fantasy world, which hopefully readers will appreciate and enjoy. Were there any um, other, I guess, particular truths, you know, that you were speaking about there? And you, you mentioned Tolkien and 
obviously, um, Lewis is, is a very obvious um, example of how he does that sort of in his allegory. But Tolkien, I guess, has a bit of a different approach where his his stories aren't explicitly Christian and yet they kind of embody these truths. Do you find that there's been anything, I guess, in particular that you find was, was quite inspiring or that you felt that you wanted to communicate uh, through your books in a similar way to how Tolkien communicates things like, you know, bravery and courage, um, the desire to do good, you know, the, the willingness and, and the ultimate um, victory of, of good over evil. Yes, and in fact, what you said put it really well, just those, um, you know, those, those uh, beauty, truth and goodness and justice, uh, they're, they're always going to be beautiful, truthful, good and justice, you know, whatever the context is. And if we see those in characters, we, it sort of elevates us in some way, I reckon it does for me anyway, and exactly Tolkien did that for me, which is one of the reasons why I hold him in such high esteem and so many in the world do. And in fact, I think it's hard for any fantasy writer not to be in some way influenced by Tolkien, just in some way. But yeah, I have, I have characters that, I, um, that, that, are, that are heroes and, and that, that are faced with decisions, you know, uh, where, like moral decisions and decisions about what they, what they should do. And um, um, and there's a range of characters who I uh, who I hold up as I suppose as paragons of of goodness and justice, and you know they they they're the ones who sort of lead this this great battle against the, the, the greater evil that, that's sort of threatening threatening the world, and they um, you know they're, they're good they're just they're just they're truthful. Um, and, and that leads me to an interesting point, which I read on a, a website um, just just last year, and 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 it seems to sort of um, be across uh, TV and movies these days. Back in the fifties, you know, when or forties, when Tolkien wrote his book, you know, there was a, a sort of a clear dividing line between the goodies and the baddies. You know, the good characters were good, the bad characters were bad. And over, this, I suppose, the last sixty years now. Even when we see um, remakes of, of, of you know of fairy tales or DC comics, often we see characters have you know good characters have have flaws or elements of sort of badness to them, and, and vice versa. And and that seems to be uh, more palatable to the current readers. And. I, um, I, I, that doesn't resonate with me. Maybe I'm just different, but I, I like some characters, you know, to, to be heroes that I can sort of barrack for and, um, and love, you know, not that they're perfect in every way, but not, but, but there's, you know, they're clearly good and want to do good and don't necessarily have this side of evil to them that they, that they indulge in. And, and it's also good to have characters that are just, Pure evil and horrible, and you can you can love to hate them and want them to be destroyed. And it's nice to have those characters in a book as well. And that, that, that means it's not that, you know you still have a character that you know that they they've gone down the wrong path, but there's some redeeming features, and they, they, maybe they do something good, heroic, or or something re- redeeming, and that that's good as well. No, I, I'm I think I'm with you in some ways on that. It's it's great to see in tales like The Lord of the Rings and that that you do have. Um, that clear divide between good and evil, and even though there's there's a bit of there's temptation, obviously, in the Lord of the Rings, um, to evil, 
uh, it's not necessarily a situation where we always have to say that every single person, whether they're good or evil, is complicated and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, um, so what? I guess what what were you looking to um, for for audiences to get out of your books? Again, the, my first objective, I suppose, like a lot of authors, is just to tell a great story where people can just really be entertained and and go to a fantasy world where they can just forget about life and um, and just 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 enjoy the ride. Um, and and it's a trilogy, so and the overall is three hundred eighteen thousand words. That's, that's it's quite a long book. And I am, um, and it's broken up to three. Like I say, I'm just about to release the second one, which is very exciting. I'm just waiting on a on a link that I can put up onto the website so that um, readers can go on and um, and register their names on a on a mailing list, which I've just set up. But, but the other thing I, um, you know, as to what what I'm what I what's my intention when I grew up um, when I was a teenager, I used to play with one of my brothers, um, a couple of my brothers. You know, that, that fantasy role-play game, Dungeons and Dragons. And we were totally, completely engrossed in it, but we would play round the clock without sleeping a couple of times. And we'd have these, you know, these, these campaigns and these dungeons and these characters, and we'd be right into it with the, the dungeon master. And that, and that so impressed, impressed itself on me. We had so much fun, and there was the monster manual and the guides and so much of uh, my book is is also drawn from the experiences that I had Playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know, just character, the different character types, you know, paladins and rangers and thieves and magic users, and I, it just completely captured my imagination. Imagination, and I, and I thought, just I'd, I'd love to, to write a story that people can enjoy in the same way that I, that I did. And again, with like I, like I did with, with even at the, at the, um, the base of Home Run, I would also love to. You know, to write stories that inspire people, just to be, to make good decisions, to to, to love life, to to sort of get involved in the fantasy and the beauty of life in all its forms. You know, whether a fantasy novel can do that, whether my fantasy novel can do that, I I really hope that that readers will will um will experience. You know, I'm very happy. To, I'd, I'd love people to sort of jump online and just download the ebook or um and just uh, give me some sort of Feedback reviews on Amazon, etc. It'd be, it'd be, I'd love to know that. So, to all the readers out there, jump onto Amazon, grab Age of Demons in Search of the Amulet. That's the first one. And pretty soon will be Age of Demons in Search of the Sword. And let me know. I've got a Facebook page, David Lawrence Books, and then my my um my website, davidlawrencebooks.com.au. So, if you're out there, I'd love you to to let me know what you think. Yeah, yeah. So excellent. So you. You preempted uh, what would be my final question, which is uh, how can you find it? So, thank you very much, David, for for joining me, and thank you for yeah, I guess putting putting your talents to to this good use um, and and helping us to, I guess you know, in some ways, <laughs> help to to relax and 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 get involved in recreation, but also to communicate those those truths that you were talking about. So yeah, thank you very much, David. Yes, that good triumphs over evil. It's a great. It's- Great hope. Pleasure. Thanks, Luke. Thank you very much for the opportunity. That was an interview with David Lawrence entitled Eternal Truths in Writing Fantasy. For more interviews, talks, and shows, visit cradio.org.au.